It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Braves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, found everywhere, or at least where all your favorite podcasts are, whether that be Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, the Google Podcast Store, iTunes, the Himalaya app, which I highly recommend you check out, uh, or, or just whatever smart device you happen to use, Alexa or Google Voice or, or whatever it is, you can find Locked On Podcast Network and more importantly, Locked On Braves anywhere you look. Makes it great for a drive home. If you got stuck in a commute, the the shows are perfect for your ride home from work. Hopefully, you can enjoy enjoy them then. They're perfect for the summer if your kids like to stay up to date. The Locked On Podcast Network shows every single team that you could possibly want: baseball, football, basketball, whatever it is. The Locked On Podcast Network has a show for you, giving you daily updates for all of your favorite teams, making it nice and easy to find the latest news on your favorite teams across all of the major sports in small, digestible samples. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. We enjoy having you here at Locked on Braves. So, first things first, the Braves win last night 7-5 in a rain-shortened uh, game. Uh, rain delay happens right as the top of the ninth is getting ready as Luke Jackson is warming up. There's an hour and, was it, I believe it was an hour and 42-minute rain delay, something like that, before they just called it, uh, which, which seemed overly long to people like me who foolishly stayed up. Uh, but the Braves did some, did two things yesterday that they had never done in at least their Atlanta history and one thing that they did not do in franchise history. So the Braves hit five home runs yesterday in the what I believe was the second inning, I want to say. Uh, yes, the second inning, the Braves hit two sets of back-to-back homers for the first time in Atlanta history, uh, first time since like maybe June 16th or June 19th, like 1965, right before the season before they came to Atlanta when uh, Hammer and Hank did it with with some other people. Uh, That was cool. Josh Donaldson and Nick Marcagas go back-to-back. Austin Riley strikes out. And then B-Mac and Ozzie Albies go back-to-back in what was just awesome to see. Uh, you, you don't see that very often. And they hit five homers in back-to-back games for the first time in franchise history. As I mentioned yesterday, since that Marlins series, that really seemed to, to turn the bats on. The Braves are slugging with the best of them right now. It's absolutely incredible. B-Mac gets himself two last night, as, along with Albies Marcakis and Josh Donaldson. And it's a good thing they did that, because Mike Fultonevich was not good last night. Had to throw a lot of pitches, threw 96 pitches to get through five innings. Gave up uh, four earned runs, four walks, five strikeouts. Just didn't look good. The slider was in and out. There were some times where it looked really good, sometimes where it looked horrific. Uh, luckily for him, Chris Archer was under the same note. Chris Archer, aside from that one horrific second inning, he really did well until BMAC took him deep for a three-run homer uh, in his final inning. But for Fulte, 
I was really hoping he would take a step forward, and I know the Pirates have been surprisingly good offensively this year despite having the lowest run differential in all of baseball, but this was a lineup that I felt, with the exception of Josh Bell, who's on some sort of insane tear of his own, I thought this was a lineup that Fulte could navigate around, uh, and he did not take advantage of things. The four walks are, are are killer. Now, the Pirates have a nasty habit of running your pitch count up because they foul everything off, it seems, but the four walks is, is inexcusable right there. You you can't be costing yourself extra pitches, and he had a leadoff walk to uh, to Chris Archer, who's a horrible hitter. I, I, I don't know what to say with Fulte. If it weren't for Gosman and his struggles – then Fulte would probably be the one most likely to be moving to the pin. He's just pitched that badly. Luckily for the Braves, they get to throw out their stopper, as I would say, in Mike Soroka. Uh, people keep calling him the ace of the staff. I don't I don't like that word. I don't like that term. I don't like calling anybody an ace of a staff because you're not really an ace of a staff. You're a number one. There's a difference between an ace and the number one starter. Now, Mike Soroka is quickly becoming an ace. But when you just start saying every team's ace, you start to kind of dilute what that actually is. You start to take away from just how impressive an actual ace really is. So with Mike Soroka on the mound, you always feel good. He'll be taking on Uber prospect Mitch Keller, who got hammered in his debut last week. So for, for all you prospect heads like me, tonight will be a fun matchup to watch Mike Soroka continue to do his thing where he's only had, I believe, one start this year where he gave up more than one earned run, and that was the Detroit Tigers start. Uh, going up against Mitch Keller, who has outstanding stuff, even if he is a ginger, uh, but outstanding stuff and, and a bright future ahead of him as the Pirates are, are trying to find something to build around on that squad. It's going to be a tall task for those hitters tonight as Mike Soroka doesn't seem to matter what lineup he faces. Mike Soroka just seems to have it so locked in this year that it just doesn't seem to affect him. And that's what I like from Mike. I'm looking forward to another outstanding game from him tonight uh, with that big sinker of his that people are starting to call a bowling ball pitch because of how how, how much it spins and how quickly it moves uh, along with that wipeout slider that's over 3,000 RPMs. Tomorrow will be interesting too. So tomorrow is a day game to end the four-game set, and it's going to be Julio Tehran taking on Joe Musgrove. Yes, Joe Musgrove, the guy that got thrown out of the game a couple days ago by, because uh the Josh Donaldson incident. He does not get suspended. Donaldson gets one day. He appealed, so that's why he played last night. Uh, by Musgrove not getting suspended, it's basically baseball kind of admitting, yeah, he probably shouldn't have gotten tossed. Uh, it, was, it was a bad ejection by the umpire. I understand Donaldson because he kind of instigated the thing, and then he threw Elias Diaz, the catcher, away, which was kind of funny when you look at him just manhandle a grown man like that. Uh, but Musgrove didn't do anything. The reason why they said they threw him was for, quote-unquote, stepping to him uh, by being aggressive and stepping to him, taking off his hat and, and yada yada. That was all Donaldson's fault on that one. That was nothing to do with Musgrove, who barely clipped his jersey, didn't even hit his body. And Donaldson has Donaldson has this weird hang-up where every time he gets hit, he he just stares down people and acts like somebody was trying to hit him. Now, this is not to say that I hate Josh Donaldson, but that is one of the more annoying traits on this team. And you could tell going back to the dugout that his teammates weren't really feeling it either. Uh, nobody would make eye contact with him as he was trying to explain, well, he was staring at me, he was staring at me, yada, yada. So no harm, no foul. Uh, Team didn't affect the Braves at all as they wouldn't hit five homers yesterday as long with <laughs> and uh, five homers the day before. So they'll see Joe Musgrove again tomorrow. And 
it should be interesting to say the least. If uh, if Donaldson ends up playing that game, I don't know. The Pirates have a nasty habit of throwing at people when they celebrate things, um, much less when they feel they actually have a reason to. So you could see some fireworks early on on a, uh, on a Thursday day game. But uh, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about – I didn't get to talk about this guy yesterday, so I'm going to remedy that and talk about him today, uh, along with one pitcher going to the IL and one hitter seems to have hit a massive cold spell. All that and more coming up next right here on Locked on Braves. All right, guys, it's time to talk about that thing that no man really wants to talk about. I'm talking about erectile dysfunction. If you're having a little bit of problem in the bedroom, it can be extremely difficult to go talk about it with a doctor. Well, my friends at BlueChew.com have solved that problem. Blue Chew is the first chewable pill that has the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you can take it with the confidence necessary to know that it's going to work. And because it's chewable, it works twice as fast as one of these over-the-counter pills, so you don't have to sacrifice the spontaneity to plan around your your sex nights. Guess what, guys? Blue Chew is not just for men with ED. So if you're just another guy that's looking to up your performance a little bit, if you're a guy that's looking to set up for round two, Blue Chew has you covered there. A lot of guys talk the talk. It's time for you to walk the walk. BlueChew.com is the perfect place to go. It's mailed discreetly to your door. It's an online prescription, so no more having to go to that pharmacist and having that awkward conversation where she goes and hands you the pill, and you both know what it is. Neither one of you wants to meet each other in the eye. BlueChew.com has taken care of that with a discreet delivery service. Go to BlueChew.com and use our promo code MLB, and they're going to give you your first shipment for free. All you got to do is pay $5 for the shipping and handling, and they're going to give you that first supply for free. Go to BlueChew.com. Use the promo code MLB. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed All right, welcome back to Locked On Braves. First things first, uh, I wanted to talk about Sean Newcomb yesterday after filling in for Kevin Gosman, and I just ran out of time. So I want to remedy that today. I want to I want to give Sean a congratulations for, for an outstanding game on his part. Uh, four and two thirds innings through fifty five pitches, I believe it was. Uh, just pitching phenomenally, and he's been he's been a totally different guy since coming up from Gwinnett and being in that bullpen. Uh, he's going to get the start Saturday. Brian Snicker wasted no time uh, in in saying. That essentially, this was the first time I've ever I've, I've ever heard Snit actually just admit that he had no faith in a guy. When they asked him why they pulled Gosman in in the third inning, Snit just said, "I didn't have any faith in him." I mean, we just staked him a five run lead, and he tried to give it back right away, so it didn't look good for him. So we just wanted to, so we just decided to pull him. Uh, and they brought in Nuke, and and Nuke rewarded that trust by pitching outstanding baseball. He's going to get rewarded with a start on Saturday. Uh, which would have been Gosman's next turn, and which I've, I've been saying all week would have probably been Gosman's 
final start as an Atlanta Brave, at least as a starter, barring any other sort of injury. Well, it's going to be a little bit longer for him now as he goes to the IL today with plantar fasciitis, or might have been announced yesterday, uh, but but goes on to the IL with plantar fasciitis. And uh, that's not really an injury that I think they make up. Do I think that that was the the struggles behind what he's had all year? No. Um, with plantar fasciitis, you're not going to be able to push off the same way that he's been all season because it's in his right foot, which is the foot that he keeps against the rubber. That's your push off foot, uh, or the your 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 stanchion, your uh, your back leg on the rubber. That's the one that you drive off of before you know as you go through your windup before you plant off that front foot. Uh, I, I don't think it's been a whole thing. It might have been something that happened to him um, on. Tuesday or on Monday. I'm sorry. It might've been something that happened to him on Monday, maybe, but as is, is that the reason why he's been horrible all year? No. Uh, it, it's just kind of a convenient reason to be able to put him on the IL without having to, to mess around with anything. Um, so Newcomb will go Saturday. The question is, is this a, a, a real audition for him? I don't think so. Um, if faulty continues to struggle, maybe, but I think the Braves like what they've seen out of Sean Newcomb in the bullpen role. Uh, he's more acclimated to that bullpen role. Um, I know he just threw 55 pitches, but he's kind of more acclimated to the, the bullpen stints at the moment. Uh, and I, I don't think the Braves want to mess with anything with what they've gotten out of him right now. That's not to say that he's not going to be a starter again down the road. and Maybe they look at stretching him out again come the All-Star break. Uh, but for now, I think this is just going to be a spot start. I would not be surprised if they have faulty or if they have Newcomb and Tukey piggyback. That would be what I prefer. Keep keep them both kind of comfortable in the roles they're in right now. They've both performed really well in their bullpen roles. Uh, both should be able to go four innings though without much of a problem. And both of them seem to handle these shorter outings much better than they handle uh, being traditional starters. I mean. If it were me, I might even throw an opener and then have Tukey and Newcomb fill the last eight innings there because both of them seem to perform much better without that starter tag on them. So we'll, we'll see how it goes for Sean Newcomb just to go out there and do what he's been doing in the bullpen. Trust your stuff. Don't dial back to 91 trying to aim it. Just throw the ball. Uh, he's, his curveball has been a lot better lately, and he hasn't been walking people. That's been the thing. Now, he's essentially ditched his changeup, and he's kind of become a two-pitch guy, which is another reason why I don't think he's going to to start for any length of time until he's really confident in that changeup back. Um, but but for now, do what you're doing. It's, it's working. Uh, it, it's got some trust. I thought you'd start to see him in high-leverage situations anyway, uh, but when you've got two guys in your bullpen that can conceivably go five or six innings, then it, it's a, a really deep type of bullpen, whether or not we think that the top-end talent is there. It's a really deep bullpen, and the bullpen has been pitching a lot better. Dan Winkler's still horrible. Um, I don't know why he was around as long as he was. A.J. Minter got called back up, so he got into the game yesterday. Um, looked <laughs> Looked a lot better than he did his last time in Atlanta. So hopefully that time in Gwinnett uh, did him some good as uh, he ends up going one inning, gives up one hit, one earned run, uh, and one strikeout. No walks, though, which for, for AJ is kind of the thing. I uh, won't be surprised if Dan if, if Grant Dayton gets a call soon as he's been lights out. Grant Dayton's going to be interesting because he's not really supposed to be used in back-to-back days coming off the Tommy John surgery. Uh, and when he got sent down, I don't know if you guys realized this at the time, but Snaker used him in back-to-back days, and the 
day after he gets sent back down uh, and, and goes to the IL and all that stuff. Um, so I, I don't know if that was AA taking away a piece before Snicker could overuse him, as he has a tendency to do. Um, but they're going to be very, very careful with Grant Dayton, who has a long history of injuries. Now, I mentioned in the first segment about the Braves' offense. Uh, just lights out slugging. Everybody seems to be in a groove right now, just bashing homers. All Everyone but Austin Riley, who uh, I told you guys I wrote that piece on Braves' journal uh, last week about him. Well, since I wrote that piece, unfortunately, since I may have jinxed him, um, Riley has been in a, a big slump. He's striking out a lot right now, and pitchers are not giving him any fastballs. That's not that shocking. He challenged the young guy early. He proves he can hit a fastball a really long way. Next step is see how he handles the breakers. And uh, sliders seem to be giving Riley fits right now. So, And I, I mentioned, I think I might have mentioned this in passing, uh, he and Michael Chavis both kind of came up around the same time. They've kind of been doing the same type of things. Um, and now they're both kind of struggling with the same things. They're not getting fastballs anymore. They both seem to be striking out a lot, and it seems to be sliders. So it's just time for Austin to uh, to look to make his, his first real adjustment in the big leagues. I'm fully confident that he will. His swing is not... His swing is not one that looks like he should struggle with sliders. As I mentioned before, the, the problem with him coming into the season was actually high velocity, not breaking balls. Uh, it's it's more just a patience thing. Once he starts letting, once he starts zeroing in on it, and once he can kind of get over that first adjustment hump, he'll be fine. Uh, I, I still believe you're looking at a guy that has a potential to hit 30 home runs this season and will be a major fixture in the lineup. Might be a good idea to get him a day off here soon just to kind of get a breather. Same thing that worked with Marcakis might work with Riley. Uh, just, give him, just give him some time on or some time off. Uh, good news is Dallas Keuchel. Or good news is the Braves haven't needed it right now with the way their offense is going. It hasn't hurt them as much. Uh, Dallas Keuchel, after his fantastic debut, he'll, he will be pitching in Mississippi, scheduled on Saturday. That will likely be his final start in the minors before getting the call up, which is why I say that, uh, which makes it a little bit obvious when you see that he was scheduled on Saturday, along with Kevin Gosman was scheduled on Saturday. Not Doesn't take a rocket scientist to see whose spot he was going to take, even if Gosman had not been injured. Uh, good to see Keuchel. The, the workouts over the offseason seem to have worked. Doesn't seem to have any struggles with uh, with, with pitch count. Uh, all the stuff seemed to be working. Now, granted, it was it was low A kids. It was 17, 18, 19-year-olds. Uh, but it was still a great outing for him in his first time. One other thing before I go. I know I'm out of time here, but I do have to mention. The Braves, as of uh, according to David O'Brien, the Braves have signed all 10 of their, their first 10-round draft picks. Uh, I told you Shade Langelier's got about 900,000 under slot, which was – Shocking. Uh, Brayden Schumach, the or Shoemake, I'm sorry, the shortstop out of Texas A&M that they took at 21 goes full slot value. That's a little surprising to me. It means the Braves probably think that there's a lot more untapped potential, particularly power potential, uh, than a lot of other teams are thinking. They think that Brayden can be a lot better than the utility guy tag that he was given coming into the draft. But they did get the first 10, which means they got my favorite pick of the draft in Stephen Pilotti, or uh, Stephen Pilotti. So, I'm really excited about that. We'll see what happens coming up because it's those day three guys, those 11 and onward. Those are the ones I'm going to be really interested to see. Those are the ones that the draft is going to hinge on. How many of those prep guys like Tyler Owens and Von Grissom do you get to sign with you uh, rather than go to college? If you can get most of those, then your draft is going to be viewed as a success. If you don't and a lot of your, a lot of your high school guys end up going to college, 
then that was a risk that you took in this draft that did not pan out, and it will probably be one of the more low-impact drafts if that's the case. We'll see what happens coming up next. I'm glad you guys uh, have tuned in with me today. Hope you guys enjoy the game. 720 first pitch tonight. I believe it is a noon start tomorrow as uh, Mike Soroka, Mitch Keller tonight, and then Julio Tehran takes on Joe Musgrove to round out the Pirates series and get ready to play the Philadelphia Phillies, hopefully with the first place in the division on the line coming up this weekend. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I will enjoy it with you here on Locked on Braves. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.